the way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media outlets a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute we're joined by Yerika. good morning good morning happy thursday yes happy thursday <laughs> we've made it yeah they you know the weather has cooled down a little bit do is, you like the cooler weather um I actually do. It yeah. was getting a little bit too warm. What? It's the warmest March in 51 yeah. years I saw yeah. in the news. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we keep outdoing our own record. A blunt reminder uh-huh. of, well, yep. the climate crisis. Yes. Yep. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> We've lots to cover as always. That's right. Uh, let's jump into our first buzzword of the day. Uh, if this is not inspirational, I, I'm not quite sure what would cut it. A Syrian refugee elected mayor of a German village. This is years after he flew from the war there's a lot of takeaways from this story um, and I also noticed how young this man yeah. is um, you know just reading the the, the title of this news uh, I, I thought to myself wow things like this really happen in real life you're you right know? Uh, because y- you'd imagine right uh, you would want someone who represents your own city to come from where you come that's from that's right that's I think pretty yep, fair yep. and so this is well it grabs your attention doesn't yep. it so uh, the Syrian uh, refugee mm. who arrived in Germany back in 2015 has won uh, the election and has become mayor of uh, the southwestern German state of Baden-Württemberg, a small village in Baden-Württemberg. And uh, his name is Rian Alshebel, and uh, he left his hometown in Syria eight years ago. Uh, he ran this time as an independent in the municipality of Ostelsheim, mm. and uh, he won with an absolute majority of the votes. 55.4% on Sunday, and uh, he beat two of his German candidates and uh, his rivals. And uh, the residents of Ostersheim say uh, they are welcoming with open arms their incoming mayor. There are 1,900 eligible, eligible voters okay. in this village, so it's a small village. But uh, yeah, local residents have described his victory as sensational mm. and a fairy tale come true. Mm. Uh, they told the local media the right man has become our mayor. And I mean, you highlight the fact that there's only 1,900 eligible voters. Yep. I mean, it's not just about the number of votes. I mean, if you think about some notions of a small village, they're a tightly knit community. That's right. You, you'd imagine it's not always welcoming of a foreigner, a non-local, if you will. Yeah. So I think this is a big change. Yeah, this is a conservative. Look at that rural area. And this is definitely not something that can be taken for granted. Look at the locals describing it as a fairy tale. Yeah. Right. Mm. I think that's pretty accurate. Mm. We often talk about how we can be more inclusive, embrace diversity. That is a way to the future. But the road is is paved with difficulties and uh, all kinds of obstacles. Yeah. If we all agreed, mm. it wouldn't be so hard. Right. Uh, this seems like an incredible example of how one community did just just that. That's right. Embrace someone who comes from an entirely different background. Yeah. So guess what uh, the man did, Al Shebel did, after his what victory. He, he called his mom <laughs> in Syria. You know, the family. <laughs> They're thrilled with the news. Um, they knew that he was running for mayorship, okay. but uh, they didn't actually believe that he would win. <laughs> this is according <laughs> to an interview that he did with the local media. And uh, yeah, he's the first man with Syrian roots mm-hmm. to run for and win a mayor's office. And he's going to start his new role in June. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just 
amazing, I think, um, you know, how this uh, the small, like you said, tight knit community yeah. from what I imagine it to be just embracing yeah. this, uh, you know, refugee who literally had nothing when right. he arrived. Right. And I don't, I don't think he walked into the country with ambitions of finding a oh, successful no. political career. And I mean, that goes mm. to show everything, maybe about the man himself and the journey he's been on. I mean, we like to note first yeah. in, in the media and rightfully so. But of course, the next set of questions we want to ask is, well, who knows? Alshamal's election might encourage maybe others from similar walks of life with migration history to run for political office. Yeah and represent something different. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, it definitely seems like a fairy tale come true, but uh, it's it's not perfect because not everyone has been so warm to this 29-year-old mayor-to-be. I uh, feel like that age could work against or in favor yeah. of him too, right? Uh, yeah, because he has received hateful comments on the campaign trail, and mm. that's the sort of reality we're living in right now. Um, the politician apparently went from house to house promoting his election per program and the experiences he said were predominantly positive all right so focus on a positive and power through and you can only imagine what could yep. happen I, I think at this point in time we're all asking uh, who is this yes. man what is his background <laughs> did he study politics before he left syria let's talk about his life before his mayoral victory and his life before his migration to yeah Germany. so he was born to a school teacher and agricultural engineer in syria um you know according to his campaign website he described his life as carefree until the age of 20 and uh, you know protests against the Syrian government it started in 2011 and soon that became a chaotic war and uh, it forced 10.6 million people from home uh, you know by late 2015 which is about half of Syria's pre-war population okay. let that process for a little bit right mm -hmm. and uh, he faced the dilemma of one being drafted for military service with the Syrian army or leaving the country and he made uh, the decision. He, he, you know, decided to leave for Europe. He took this dangerous journey on a, a rubber dinghy, actually. He was 21 years old at the time. He crossed from Turkey to Greek island, uh, Lesbos. And yeah, I don't know if people remember, but at the time in 2015, right. uh, German Chancellor Angela Merkel implemented a brief open door policy, which allowed 1.2 million asylum seekers uh, to Germany in the following years. Mm. And yeah, once he arrived in Germany, mm. he learned the language, became a citizen. He said there was only one thing he could do, mm. get back on his feet quickly and start investing in his own future quickly. He ended up working at the town hall in a neighboring town. Look at that. For the last seven years, he learned the language. Yep. He became a citizen. He not only acclimated, but he tried to understand his new home. That's right. Not everyone can acclimate that quickly no. or have the ability to learn an entirely different culture right. in just seven years. Mm -hmm. One might say that's a really short time. Yep. All right. Now that he is mayor, <laughs> Mr. Alshabal, what was some of his uh, campaign pledges? You know, one of his priorities is making digital access to public administration services, mm. flexible child care, climate protection. They're all on his uh, agenda. All right. I think some of those values may be just universal. Yep. Don't you think? <laughs> all right. Congratulations are, of course, in order. Yes. And we move on to our second buzzword of the day. If you've been paying attention to the Korean entertainment sector, now, when when Produce 101 aired, it was arguably one of the more popular oh, yeah. competition mm -hmm. shows. The problem is the producer was found guilty of 
of essentially, well... Rigging the vote. Rigging the vote. Yes. And why are we talking about it again belatedly? Because CJNM tried to... Rehire yes, him that's for right. a different project. Yeah. And since then, CJENM has been facing strong public criticisms yeah. for this controversial decision. And this news came out on Monday, mm-hmm. right? All right. Uh, just to do a little bit of review in case some of our listeners didn't watch Produce 101 mm-hmm. or don't remember the story because it does date back a few years. Yep. Uh, let's provide the full context. Yeah, so An Jun Young was the mastermind behind this hit audition series, Produce 101, which aired from 2016 to 2019. Uh, he was sentenced to prison along with chief producer uh, Kim Young Bom in 2021 after the Korean Supreme Court found both guilty of fraud and obstruction of business for mm-hmm. manipulating vote results in the series. Uh, They were also found guilty of receiving bribes Mm. from entertainment companies to favor certain contestants Mm. on the show. Now, An was sentenced to two years in prison with a fine of uh, $28,000, and Kim was sentenced to 20 months in jail. And according to local media, An at the time was not dismissed from the company, but instead was given a leave of absence. Yes. Um, So anyways, uh, you know, following the the public criticisms, uh, CJNM released a statement yesterday saying we'd like to sincerely apologize to all who were disappointed by Mnet's past round of recruitment. Mm. The decision to hire PD on Anjunyong was an inexcusable mistake. Mm. Our decision to give him a chance to make up for his past mistakes did not meet standards of justice or uh, fairness by society. I mean, he did something illegal here. And and not only that, I mean, you're talking about public trust. Yes. If you want the public to participate in this so-called fair process to vote in your favorite artist, yep. people not only dedicate their time, but their money to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think most important their hearts right that's right um i don't know if you can come back from that and for cj and him to quickly apologize sure but we question did you really not know that the public backlash would ensue (laughs) you know the first time i read the news on monday i was Mm -hmm. like really i don't know i mean that's their decision i don't want to draw the obvious comparisons but what the korean football association has been accused of recently that's also very confusing did you really not think the public would not be okay with match fixing scandals of the past and people who are responsible for that returning under the radar uh i think we have a different standard Mm -hmm. for a just society, yeah. a fair yes. society. Right. You know, the company added that it has since established a voting management system separate from production okay. to improve fairness of their audition programs. Uh, well, regarding that, we'll have to see, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> so the big question, is this producer staying with the company? You know, the company did not confirm. Mm. It simply said this. We are currently discussing our course of action for An Jun-young's future. Well, I-, I like that they're at least careful with yep. their wording. Don't throw it out there and say, we're just going to fire him based on a right. whim. I'm sure they have company policies mm-hmm. too, but just know that there's a different measuring standard by yep. the public. Mm. All right, on to our final story today. If you've stumbled across this story, it's truly shocking. And not only is it a poor plan, I... I <laughs> I don't know what kind of world we live in. Korean students were apparently drugged in cram school blackmail scheme. I, I believe it was a team of two or three. Yeah, uh, um, uh, They arrested a woman who uh, allegedly drugged high school students with free drinks laced with meth and ecstasy. The police are currently tracking down other suspects okay. and expanding their probe to locate the mastermind behind this alleged crime. So what happened was this trio uh, gave out the drinks uh, labeled meth. Mega 
ADHD, saying that, uh, you know, it was part of a, a tasting event. Mm-hmm. And they asked the students for contact information right, right. of their parents, uh, supposedly for survey purposes. Mm. And... Um, the drinks, like I said, were laced with drugs, meth and ecstasy. And, and eventually they would blackmail the parents saying, yeah. look, your kid just to drugs, illegal drugs. And we're going to report them to the police. Unless you give us money exactly. or gold. Yep. Yeah, that's the story. I, yeah. I cannot believe it. And that. you have to realize this happened in the Techidong area, which is, you know, the, the, the capital of South Korea's cram schools. That's right. Yep. It's where all these hagwons are crammed. And well, a lot of money, crammed. too. Exactly. Yep. Right. So one one woman has been arrested. That's right. Now, the police have received six related reports so far, mm. but there may be more victims because according to witness reports, several of these fake tasting events were held. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, use your resources and good brains to do something good for the community. Mm. I don't know. We'll leave it there for now, but that's the latest. Mm -hmm. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.